Hi, I am Brent Feldman, your host of Mix and Matchbox. We are back with another episode here, and today we are joined by Tom Schwab. He is the founder or uh, chief evangelist officer at Interview Valet. How's it going, Tom? Very nice to have you on. Brent, I am thrilled to be here. Yeah, great. Excellent. Well, I am happy to jump in. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to start with a, a pretty, uh, you know, baseline question and stuff here first. But um, how did you start Interview Valet? And, uh, you know, and, and, and after your other experiences, um, how, how, what has this company really taught you? Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things that I believe life is evolutionary, not revolutionary. So what Interview Valet is, is it helps thought leaders, you know, high level coaches, consultants, brands, uh, get heard by their ideal customers, tapping into other people's audiences. And the way we do that is through targeted podcast interviews. And everybody says, that's, you know, that's interesting, right? That's amazing. And I'm like, no, it's the same thing we've been doing it. It's an outshoot of guest blogging. So my last company uh, that I owned was e-commerce or HubSpot's first e-commerce case study. We built it up from a regional player to a national leader, sold it off. And people ask me, well, how'd you do it? I'm like, guest blogs, right? We tapped into the audience. We got the SEO from it. We got the exposure. We got the content. Well, that worked 20 years ago. But now fast forward, it was about 2014. And some people said, well, can you help me do that? And it's like, well, blogs really don't work that much. But I hypothesized at that point uh, that you could use podcast interviews that same way to get in on the conversation, you know, to get that no like and trust. So we started to test it. It worked amazing. Right. And at first I thought it's got to be a, you know, a personality or a, a niche. Uh, kept testing it, kept working. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to start another company. Uh, so. I wrote a cheesy little book that I gave away. I did a course that I never took out of beta because people were just telling me, right? I just want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. And mm -hmm. I can still remember a client telling me that. And I'm like, oh, that's good copy. And we actually had one of our early beta testers buy the name interviewvalet.com and gave it to us and said, this is the name that you need to launch. And so we launched it. And for about the first three years, people were like, What's a podcast? But it gave us the chance to build things, to learn the structure, um, to build the team, and to build the relationships in podcasting. So that in about 2019, when podcasting took off, we were ready. That's really cool. Well, and I mean, you know, like celebrities go on press junkets all the time. And obviously, they don't want to do their own booking, you know, for like, you know, how they get on like, you know, those, uh, those shows. So I mean, it, it kind of makes logical sense that, you know, that's how you, you know, uh, give somebody the opportunity to be on multiple things that might resonate with their their audience. Uh, very much so. And you know, it's nothing new under the sun, right? People have been doing it from going on the Tonight Show for, for decades before something launches. Uh, what I would say about podcasting is that it's different in that most podcasters aren't trained journalists. Mm -hmm. So regular PR doesn't work, right? Um, so it, it, it's a different animal there, which is one of the reasons we don't do radio, television, and print right? We just focus on podcasting. Um, and then there's a lot of things we have learned from the inbound marketing side on how to make sure that it's not just a random appearance, but it actually 
drives results, right? There's things that you can do to move people from being just a passive listener to an active visitor to your site to ultimately an engaged lead. Yeah, definitely. Oh, sorry. I, I know I got a bunch of questions here for you, but now now I'm now I'm like wanting to dig in on that just a little bit. Like, you know, back in 2014, did you kind of like know or foresee the kind of loyalty that audiences of podcasts would basically, you know, uh, that the, they would show? Because, you know, I feel like that's where the real value is. Yeah, I didn't fully appreciate that. And I think with time, that's come more. Not only the loyalty of the audience, right? No one is tuning in here. Okay, maybe my wife to listen to Tom Schwab. Everybody is listening to Brent Feldman. They love the show. You're the authority. So that transfer of authority is so, so powerful. The other thing that I didn't fully understand was the intimacy of this channel right? And how you're not trying to break through the noise, you're getting in on the conversation that people are listening to. And what other medium do you have where you can talk to someone, your ideal customer, 30 or 45 minutes, right? Um, there's a gentleman, um, Rand Fishkin, who started SEO Moz, right? I love yeah. Rand. I love how he said, the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those ready to buy, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to work them all the way down, right? Mm -hmm. If they're ready to buy, if they've got a problem, if they you can be heard by them, right? Um, it makes the sales process so much easier, so much faster. It's, it's truly magnetic marketing where you attract the right people and repel the wrong people. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate all that insight. And, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of people in kind of like whether it be in podcasting or marketing that kind of have, you know, winding, uh, you know, career paths that, you know, end them up in the place that they're at. Uh, but certainly you have uh, experience not only in the Navy, which is cool, uh, military background, but also, uh, you know, medical surgical device sales of all things. And so, like, you know, what, what do you think those things kind of like, how did they have an impact? potentially on, you know, how you're, you're in this place now. Yeah. And if you would have asked me when I graduated from the U S Naval Academy, you know, what do you think you're going to be doing 20, 30 years from now? I would not have described my path. Right. But it really taught me and everything built upon different things. Right. So the military and especially nuclear power taught me systems and processes. You know, when people say, Oh, you don't understand my business or my marketing is so complicated. I can't teach anyone to do it. I'm like, right now there's 20 somethings with high school educations that are running nuclear power plants safely and effectively, right? Mm -hmm. It's because you don't know your business. It's not that somebody else can't. So that taught me the systems, the processes. I think the medical device sales taught me relationship sales. Right. And there is a huge difference between transactional sales and relationship sales. Right. If you're just buying a, a widget, um, something that doesn't matter to you, a disposable, it's a transaction. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing a B2B sale where it impacts your life, your business, um, your livelihood, you better know who that person is, right? That's a relationship. And I think one of the big problems we have today in marketing is that we think what works for $5, a $5 sale will work for a, you know, a $5 million sale, right? And, you know, 
I heard from a, there's a great book called Clicksand, how digital marketing is ruining your business. And I love how Bill Troy says, whales don't click and big fish don't swim through funnels, right? It takes a conversation. It takes a relationship. Um, and uh, so uh, uh, that's one of the powers that I think is there behind podcasting. And it's it's a great time to be alive because we've got the systems, the automation to actually build those relationships. And, you know, instead of spamming people, you know, to actually have that relationship, have that conversation. And that's what drives sales. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. One of the last podcasts too, is just talking about all this information that we have on at our disposal now to be able to, you know, be more targeted, be more effective and stuff. And yeah. And, and not just, yeah, spam things out there, really grow relationships and, you know, and care about, you know, who and what we're selling and why we're selling it. Yeah. And what's interesting is that we've got tools to be more effective, but it seems like the vast majority of the market as being tools to be more efficient mm-hmm. and we're getting more efficient at things that are less effective mm-hmm. right in the last 15 minutes we we're talking we could have sent out a million emails right they wouldn't have done anything but there's this whole idea of you know oh we just need you know more more email more activity we need more leads right i i laugh every time i get somebody that says do you need more leads you know it's like the facebook like my bank has never been impressed by the number of leads, right? We're not optimizing for leads. We're optimizing about value that we can bring to clients. And if you do that, then you get profits. And yeah. that's that's what you should be optimizing for. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I appreciate your, all of your insight on that one. Um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the, the next question is really just about like, you know, from your company, I guess, goodbye crutches, you cite, you know, on LinkedIn that you used HubSpot as a source. And I think you kind of, you know, started referencing that as like, you know, a potential case study, but that that was like a source of inbound leads and that, you know, you're still using the platform, uh, today. So, um, how, you know, do you attribute, um, you know, uh, the, the growth that you've had to that platform, or is it a mindset about how, um, you know, HubSpot works in general? Um, but what is it about the platform that you feel like is extraordinarily, you know, maybe valuable to you and your business? Yeah. And I've been a, a client of theirs. Oh, probably from the very beginning, right. I, I'd have to add it up how long we've been there, but, um, to me, it's a mindset right? That whole inbound philosophy. And I could still remember bring, buy, uh, buying and reading uh, inbound marketing by Brian Halligan and Darmesh Saw. That's what they launched HubSpot with. Mm-hmm. And it just made so much sense, right? That, you know, you want to use content, you want to help people solve their problems, not just be selling a bunch of stuff. And HubSpot has always been, makes us easy to do that. And it always seems like there's a lot of other great platforms out there, but we have always standardized, right? And as we've grown, we now have 32 people on the team in Europe and North America. And once you hit a certain size, you have to start standardizing, right? You don't want to do Frankenstein where I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of this and hope that Zapier makes them all talk to each other. That becomes a nightmare. So uh, that's why we've standardized on a platform. That's cool. The confluence of HubSpot really helps keep things cohesive. Exactly. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, you know, uh, 
podcasts and maybe, you know, um, more broadly conversations are really important for you, um, your business and what you feel like is, you know, important for marketing in general. And so I guess, is it, you know, the format, the questions, the connection, you know, what, 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 makes an important podcast. I know you started to talk about it a little, you know, about the intimacy, but like, you know, yeah, what what makes a successful podcast really? I I think it's the human connection. Right? The other day I was on uh, a podcast and somebody said the relationship is the conversation. And it just struck me. And he's so right, right? You can't have a relationship without a conversation, right? Even if it's a one-way conversation, that's that feels like you you've built that relationship there, and I think that's what makes a great podcast is those conversations, and in this age of over-edited um, AI, right? What you what you see on on the news in content, you're thinking, is that really how it happened, or did they just edit the heck out of that, right? And so I think there's a authenticity and a realness to this kind of format that you don't see any other place. And I would argue that even the search engines appreciate that, right? I, I believe today that the search engines look at all printed content out there as AI generated, right? Mm -hmm. It's the only way they can sort of filter stuff out think you're all liars, cheats, and scams, right? Until you prove otherwise. And the sad part is, is a buddy of mine, great writer. He spends about four hours on his uh, blog and he spent four hours on it, put it through one of those AI graders. And it said 80% 80, 80 of it was chat GPT. Uh -huh. <laughs> and wow. it's like, um, he probably could have gotten the same score if he did it in five minutes, right? So all of a sudden they're, degrading or discounting so much of this content but i believe that collaborative content is actually getting moved up right mm. because keywords are dead right to think that they're just looking at two words that are highlighted and hyperlinked yeah that's that's what it was 20 years ago they're so much more advanced now they're not only scraping the pages to figure out all the words on there but they're watching the videos they're listening to the audio and when they hear me dropping my g's not speaking in complete sentences talking over each other they're like oh that's got to be a human and i think people know that and the search engines know that also and i think that kind of authenticity people can spot and uh they know what's what's real and what's not yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's catering not only to, I guess, you know, the general goal of having, you know, you know, good conversations, but it is so interesting as like AI and nobody could have seen how fast it came at us, you know, in terms of like generating all the content that's out there. But it's also helping break through that that clutter, which I think is also fascinating. And that clutter is probably bound to grow. And so maybe until, you know, there's a, a, a really sophist, uh, sophisticated way of making a synthesized voice and video in order to <laughs> make this whole thing up. Uh, hopefully we're at the forefront of keeping things real. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to come at someday, Brett, but right now they can't, um, they can't copy us. Um, and, uh, I guess because the cop, because we're so imperfect, right. Yep. That, um, 
<laughs> but uh, the AI is not going to make up the words that I do. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, here's to that. Cheers. Cheers to keeping it imperfect. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I wanted to say that I just got off a, a great call with somebody, um, uh, you know, that I, I was like looking forward to having as a guest and he mentioned, you know, recently seeing a podcast where she basically interviewed what was to become her future, uh, you know, sort of client for a show. And, um, and this is, you know, um, you know, an interesting tactic, but you know, how, how do you feel like, you know, that as a tactic in general for utilizing leveraging podcasts to talk to your ideal client, you've already kind of dropped the hint already in a way, but why do you feel like that works? Well, I don't think it's either be a host or be a guest, right? Um, it's almost like Uber. Should I be a passenger or a driver? depends on your goals so i think being a guest is a great way to go out there and get new exposure to get new leads to get new backlinks right being a host is a great way to nurture your current leads to nurture your current customers so i think it's really looking at what your goals are for it what you were talking about there uh there's a great book james carberry wrote called relation or content based networking and what he talks about is that you know if you're doing account-based marketing right and you're like here are 52 ideal customers that we would love to close this year well you could reach out to them and reach out to the ceo and say hey would you like to jump on a 45-minute sales call it's probably not going to happen but if you invite them to a podcast and talk about what's going on in the industry, build that relationship, they're much more likely to start that conversation. And then they get to know what you do, you get to know what they do, and that can be a powerful way to sort of break the ice. Um, you know, marketers mess up everything. There's also something out there in the industry called um, Trojan Podcasts, where uh, they invite everybody to the podcast. You have a pre-call with the sales development rep, um, then you have the actual podcast interview, which is like a 20 minute speed interview, speed dating, and then they go into the pitch afterwards. And most of those podcasts aren't, aren't ever even, they don't go live. They're not promoted anything. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's not good for the industry. No, that's awful. I have never heard of that, but now I am terrified of people wrecking these things that we do. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, well, ho hopefully, hopefully that that dies off eventually. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, I guess the field speaking of the field of podcasting has gotten, you know, um, pretty cluttered over the past few years. You know, I know that obviously everybody is like, oh, my God, we should have a podcast and may have like three episodes and then it kind of, you know, ends. And but, you know, um, for for this field to evolve, um, you know, what what do you see as being in store for the medium in general and and the future of podcasting? Yeah, I would push back a little bit that it's oversaturated right now, right? If you want to embarrass somebody, just go up to them and say, hey, how's your podcast going? And watch them cringe. Because while it's true, there's over 4 million podcasts, 90% of them are dead. And like you said, 80% of podcasts that die, die within the first 10 episodes. It's called pod fade. Everybody wants to start a podcast and then it gets hard and they quit. So 90% of podcasts are dead. There's only 
400,000 podcasts that have actually published something in the last 30 days. Wow. Right. And you could say the same thing. Well, you know, there's too much, too much content on TV, you know, and people were saying that, oh, when we went from three channels up to cable, right? Oh, you know, nobody will ever watch 10 channels of television. But now with on demand, there's always that great stuff. And maybe a third of the U.S. population won't listen to your podcast. That's okay. It's not for them, right? If you're really focused on niche markets, people need to hear your voice. And so I think there's there's always room for another great, you name it, Netflix series, podcast, blog, right? But if it's just a generic copy, no, the the world doesn't need more noise. Yeah, yeah. Um, dang, that's that's really that's I appreciate that a lot, and it's really insightful because, like, seriously, the just like you know, like nobody would ever say like you know don't don't start another restaurant. You know, it's hard, and like you know, yeah, because people are doing it all the time, and obviously the the stronger ones survive. You know, and 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 that's that is literally just how the world works, the world of business in general. So, um, you know, I I feel like that's great advice to the people who uh who want to share their voice and want to do it and get into it. And sure, there's a lot of trepidation, you know, about like. Uh, am I just, am I going to be noticed at all? And yeah, and I think you had a good point about ask somebody how their podcast is going because, you know, everybody wants to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of views and everybody wants to be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this big thing. But, you know, the reality is that, yeah, usually you're kind of talking to a niche audience and, and, and that isn't usually very broad and maybe you don't have a ton of views, but it can be really special to those who you are talking to. And it's important when you do get that kind of audience. So. Yeah, and, and the future is bright for it, right? Mm -hmm. The number of podcasts isn't going up, but the number of listeners are. So people are listening more. Um, and I think even the the name podcast, you know, we're recording this in 2023. I, I wonder if somebody in 2030 is listening and laughing every time we say podcast, yeah. right? Because uh -huh. what, you know, I, I remember asking my two youngest daughters, what's the pod stand for in podcast? They rolled their eyes and like, I don't know, dad, what's pod mean? Because they don't remember a world with the iPod, right? To them, it was always smartphone, on-demand streaming. And, you know, what is a podcast? If if you take it and put it up on YouTube, is it still a podcast? Mm -hmm. If it's streamed on um, terrestrial radio or Sirius XM, is it still a podcast? You know, if it if it's cut up into clips and, you know, is it, is Joe Rogan's podcast still a podcast? If I see 90 minutes of it on TikTok, yeah. or I, I'm sorry, 90 seconds of it, you know, I don't care what you call it. As long as people get that information, I think it's great. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I bet Apple's still siphoning some benefit off of, you know, that, that <laughs> name in general. Uh, yeah, but that's... Uh, that's that's true. Uh, maybe somebody on their vintage iPod in the future, you know, where uh, I see people paying like, you know, what was it like, you know, millions of dollars for like an unwrapped iPod. Maybe they'll be, you know, really taking full advantage of the essence of what a podcast is. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, um, you know, I guess what are your recommendations maybe uh, for content that's, you know, uh, helpful, um, you know, from, you know, being in the industry, um, are, and are there, you know, podcasts that you find, you know, really valuable? Um, so basically, yeah. Is there anything that you can say that like, oh, maybe, maybe the industry's missing this type of content or, you know, are there podcasts you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I recommend everybody go listen to it. I think the bar is going up 
right? Mm -hmm. Listen to a podcast that's like five years old or five years ago, and you'll just cringe. It's like, we listen to that crap, right? And it's almost like going back and watching television from the 50s. It's like, oh, it's so grainy, right? So the bar has gone up. And I think, you know, with BBC, NPR, so many of the big labels coming in, it's raised the bar for everyone. The audio, the video quality, all the rest of that. Um, I think what I see is that the ones that are standing out are trying to do something different, right? Having real conversations. Uh, even five or six years ago, you'd you'd see a podcast where every day they'd ask the same questions to the same, you know, to different people. It was easy for the host. It was easy for the guest, but it becomes dated really quick. Um, so I think. Um, that that authentic conversation and then also remembering what the medium is i see some people that uh, forget that it's an audio first medium and that it's not live right so you want to be timely but also timeless right um you don't want to to wish somebody you know merry christmas when you're recording it because you may be recording it in December, right? But it may not go live till February. And somebody might be listening to it in the middle of summer and they're going to hear it and go, well, that's weird, right? And we even talked with our clients about this at the beginning of, of COVID, right? Remember, you're not talking to today, you're talking, you know, for eternity. So mm -hmm. be careful of what you say, right? Um, call it the pandemic, right? You know, calling it different things could have political overtones. And we found out that really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you talk about, you know, in this in this challenge that we're in today, I don't care when somebody listens to that. They're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, the challenge that we're in today. Right. Because mm -hmm. we're always going, you know, into a problem, in a problem or coming out of a problem. Uh, yeah. I, can, I can remember one um, interview that uh, I listened to and uh he was making great points, right? And the interview was early on in the pandemic. And uh, he wasn't a client of ours, just a, a guy I know. And he gets to the end of it and he goes, you mark my words. I don't know if it's going to be Easter or Memorial Day, but when this is over, the world is going to look different, right? As soon as he said that, everything that he said before was negated right mm -hmm. so don't make predictions um make sure that you're talking on something that's timely but timeless there also that's cool i, I feel like that's great advice yeah because um you know the points you make could be salient for no matter who is listening at what point in time you know as long as it's you know kind of relevant to whatever the overall topic is and, and and you don't have to date that you know whatever you know general you know like the feedback for yeah uh, ideas for you know content or or things that you could be talking about certainly there's some things that could become dated but like if you speak of them as they aren't they can potentially have greater impact for a longer period of time. And I think that's a that's a really cool point to make. And you made a good, you know, when you said AI, how fast it's changing. I guarantee if somebody's listening to this from three years from now, they're going to have that same feeling. Wow, mm -hmm. the world is moving so much faster there. Um, and that's why I think it's, um, you have to remember the medium, right? Yeah. If you're on, on television or something that's live, you can talk about, current events right you can talk about different platforms right but if you start doing that on a podcast it becomes quickly outdated mm -hmm. right 
um, if you start, you know, remember the days of Clubhouse, right? If you mention that on a on a podcast, somebody hears that and it's almost a, a punchline now. Yeah. So, you know, to keep it generic, you know, new platforms pop up all the time would be a much better way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, so, uh, based on other topics you cover, uh, one is obscurity. And so, um, every business is, you know, sort of biggest problem and there's no universal panacea for, you know, visibility issues, but, um, do you have any, you know, common, uh, you know, thread about how or where people struggle, you know, with the, this sort of, uh, concept and whether that be a business or a podcast or anything, but, how, how do, how, yeah, is there I, any fault? <laughs> I, I, I've said that and it's a, I put a social media meme out one time that said every business's biggest problem is obscurity. Prove me wrong, right? Because today we can serve people, you know, throughout the world, throughout the nation, there's a glut of customers, right? But the problem is, is nobody buys the best, no matter what they say they buy the best they know of. So if they don't know of you, they're not gonna buy you. And I don't care if you're at version 1.0, there is somebody right now on their knees praying for what you have, right? And the reason they're not buying from you right now is because they don't know that you exist. So I think if you look at that standpoint of obscurity is my biggest problem, well, to break through the obscurity doesn't mean making more and more noise, right? I remember a client came to me and uh, well, it was a prospect. They didn't become a client. They're like, I want to be on a hundred interviews in, in the month. And I'm like, why? Because that will give me massive exposure. <laughs> and I'm like, no, more is not more, right? Uh, or more is not better. Better is better. And I'm like, you know, if you want massive exposure, go commit a heinous crime right? Everybody in the world will know about you. They'll even know your middle name, right? It's not going to help your business, right? So you don't have to be known by everyone. You just have to be known by your ideal customers. And so often I see marketers making the mistake of jumping on the new and shiny, right? Oh, I've got to be on this because my, my clients will work there or my clients will look there. And I remember Early on, uh, when Instagram was just coming out, my daughter was in middle school and she came to me and she's like, Dad, you need to be on Instagram. Everyone is on Instagram. And I looked at her and I said, I'd heard of it, right? Um, I said, who's everyone? And she's like, well, me and all my friends. Well, Brent, at that point, it would have been creepy if I was on Instagram because none of my clients were, right? So I think as you look at where you need to break through that obscurity, Think about where your clients are, right? I can think of uh, a, a painter I know here in, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. His ideal audience or his ideal customers are retired people, right? The place that he still advertise, advertises is in this like coffee newsletter, the retirement. And, you know, he's getting it for dirt cheap and all of his clients watch that or mm -hmm. read it, right? The guy is a marketing genius. He doesn't need to be on TikTok and Instagram. His clients aren't there. And so I think often as marketers, we forget about that. You don't need to be everywhere. You need to be everywhere that your clients are making buying decisions. 
Definitely. Yeah. Uh, that That's really cool. I, I just heard the story the other day. It's related, not related, but uh, I'll, I'll walk through it really quickly is that uh, there's a, a, a fish taco shop in San Diego that uh, actually sells their tacos for a dollar 19. And so, you know, as far as like, you know, restaurants trying to get exposure in the San Diego area, I'm sure there are a billion uh, you know, you know, different, uh, you know, restaurants and stuff that are trying to get people to come in their door. Well, the thing that they, instead of, you know, advertising in a lot of, you know, different publications or trying to get influencers to come in their business, you know, they went with the strategy of like, what is going to make, you know, noise to the right people who want to come in and eat the food and then, you know, rave to everybody else that I just had the most delicious, you know, cheap fish taco, but then also maybe explore some other things on the menu. Maybe they're not in the mood for that, but at the same time, it got people in the door anyway and i just felt like that was like a really cool strategy of like you know you are you're you're getting to the right people for the right reasons and you're using a loss leader strategy but still it was, it was very cool so yeah yeah and i would say that works great for a transaction mm -hmm. i think where people get in trouble is they're like oh i've got this high level coaching high level consulting right i'm going to try the same thing and i remember a client came to us and i said well why do you want to do podcast interview marketing and I loved his answer. He said, because I think most of social media is the digital equivalent of advertising above a urinal. And I was like, you got to explain this. And he's like, my clients are high end, right? If they saw me, you know, doing a TikTok dance or they saw me advertising above a urinal or on a park bench or on a bus, that's a reason not to hire me. I want to be seen where they where it helps my brand and where they're making buying decisions. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, cool. Well, um, I, I honestly, I just have one more question for you. Uh, and, and, um, you know, and if you had, uh, a show or a podcast just for fun outside of obviously, you know, like, uh, having these serious deep conversations about, you know, marketing or podcasting or anything else, uh, you know, what, what other, what other show would you feel like, oh, this is the thing that I, I would totally do? Well, I, I cringe a little bit when I say it because I've got eight episodes already recorded and I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Uh, it's one of those things where I'm going to do it when I have the time. The name of the podcast is Ordinary to You, Amazing to Others. And it's something I've lived my life by is that so many people think it's just ordinary to them but it's amazing to other people. And I just wanted to reach out to all the mentors that I've had in my life. They could be, you know, people I've read their book, uh, people I, I, I've met and have taught me something. And just as a way to acknowledge them, to thank them, and also to share it with the rest of the world. You know, there's so many little things that somebody teaches you that changes your life. And uh, I believe we're blessed to be a blessing. And, uh, you know, even though I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, now with podcast you can share it with the world that's so cool uh i i want to i want to tune in so definitely <laughs> i i'll be here to encourage you to uh to definitely to publish those episodes sounds really cool yeah well uh honestly that's it in terms of questions that i have for you and uh and i must say i really 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 appreciate you being on and uh you know and thanks this was a lot of fun well brent thank you for all that you do you know it's anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well 
right? It's like playing football in the NFL. I, I want to play for two hours on Sunday and make millions of dollars. Well, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, that's why sometimes as a, as a guest, I'm like, oh, this is fun. I get to talk. I get the majority of the benefit out of it. And, and they do the majority of the work, but I, I appreciate everything you do. And, you know, if this resonates with anybody, um, I'll put a page together, interviewvalet.com forward slash matchbox. And we've got an assessment, right? 10 questions. Will podcast interview marketing work for you? Uh, I also wrote a book called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy. You can buy it on Amazon, or if you want a free copy mailed to you in the U.S., just go there. I'll, I'll send you a copy. And then finally, uh, if you want to connect with me, right, uh, I'll put my calendar scheduling link there, all my social media, so you don't have to figure out which Tom Schwab in Kalamazoo, Michigan, I really am. So <laughs> all of that will be back at interviewvalet.com forward slash matchbox. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. And you definitely have so much good advice to give. Uh, you know, thank you for being on. Uh, and definitely, hopefully, maybe we can even uh, find find an episode in the future uh, to, to do another one. I look forward to it, Brett. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Mix and Matchbox. I'm your host, Brent Feldman. Thank you very much. We'll be back soon with more content. Please like and subscribe. Thanks.